free this morning. Amen. Hold on a second.
she came to see Linda uh, at, our, at Linda's office. And she lives here in Blount County somewhere. Uh, but she's only 19 years old and been a quadriplegic. Uh, that's happened to her recently. And uh, I don't know who she is, but God knows who she is. And I, I just like for us to remember her and her family and her. I've always said it. I, I, I went to Nero One uh, a long time, and about what uh, if I get to feeling sorry for myself? Uh, it's just about time for another appointment, and I, I see people that are in far worse shape than I am, and uh, it, it humbles me just to go sit in that waiting room for a few minutes. So. Y'all just remember this young lady. I, uh, I couldn't tell you her name if I knew it, but I don't know it. But uh, um, anyway, remember her and her family. Brother Ricky's off on appointment this morning. Yes. Yes. Pray for them. So how would you bring on that? Michael? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid they're leaving me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's why I just don't even appear that Jess says too. So that's why y'all got me. <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> Pray for Royce and Roy and uh, Lee's children after her passing this week. Pray for that family. Lee's family and for Royce. Again, we have so many things to pray for. So many things to pray for. Pray for Brother Jimmy. It's good to have him here. It, it is good to have him yeah. here. His Lord willing, if follows his lot, he'll be preaching. Amen. Anyone else? Well, let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, Brother Michael, can I call on you to pray, please? Heavenly Father, we're about this morning we thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for your blessings for allowing us to return together as a church family this morning. Father, so many prayer requests have been made. Father, you know all about each one of them. Pray, Father, should you move, it's only you can move. We pray God will be done in all things. Be with us this morning in the song service, the Sunday school. Father, above all, would you be the one that brings the message, giving of your spirit. Father, would you make preaching easy for you this morning? Thank you, Father, for the spirit that you will be here this place. Pray, Father, you be everywhere around the world. Christians are gathered in your name to lift you up. Father, pray for we sin. We pray that you go with us through this day. Be with Brother Richard as he stands before a congregation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Michael. Well, Brother Rob, you come and bring our devotion this morning. see everybody that's here, Brother Jimmy, good to see you. You look like you've been in that seat before, kind of thing. Pretty familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this morning I just got a couple of verses I will read this morning, but 
Before I do, does anybody have any, anything you'd like to share with us this morning? Any, uh, <coughs> any praise reports or prayer requests? Anything that uh, you'd like to uh, share with us before we go any further? I have one. Brother, I have one. I'm so excited about what God's been in my own daughter's life. And I just want to thank him for that. She has had a call in her life for a long time. She's always been like in a worship leading and things with her husband and stuff. And she kind of took a dive of faith and she started a ministry called Jesus Faith Journey. And it's on Facebook. And she has done a journal for women to have a daily walk with the Lord and journal scriptures. And she's uh, posting a lot of scriptures and things that she's learned. She's took a lot of uh, Bible school training and stuff. And uh, she is just really, God has just really blessed her in it. The first time they opened it up, she got the journals published. Um, the guy just gave her such favor, God gave her such favor. Um, when she designed it and uh, did these journals um, and she went in to have them uh, published and the guy just looked at me and said, oh, do you know so-and-so? And she said, well, yeah, he said, well, I'm just going to give you my calls. And it was just such a blessing of God. I mean, it just reduced the price on the journals and she has sold out completely uh, and it's, it's all over the world. You know, people can uh, log on and it's called Jesus Faith Journey. But it's just to get women or uh, whoever wants to go on and pray every day and, have your private time with the Lord and you journal. Uh, they give like scriptures of the days or the month and stuff. And, and it's just a beautiful way for Christians to get together and pray together and, and journal on their own privacy. You know, in that journal, what, what God speaks to them and the scriptures. Uh, and I just wanted to invite the church if you ever want to go on. It's on Facebook and she has, has a website they've gotten up on um, Jesus Faith Journal. But she loves Jesus. She's on fire for the Lord, and uh, I just got to pray for her and Shalina. Jesus' faith journey. Okay. Well, you, you know, people, uh, we, we've got so much stuff in the world now to occupy our time, to take our time, steal our time, and it's good to have a, a place you can go and, and get some encouragement and some uh, positive input. Uh, I used to work with what I thought was an old man at the time. Uh, he was about my age now. And uh, uh, he was, as somebody asked him one time, said, Mr. Williams, why are you still working? He said, well, I like to work. Keeps me, keeps my mind active, keeps me busy. And um, he, he, they said, well, what do you do to, you know, stay that way? And he said, well, there's three things I do. He said, every day I read something from a good book, I listen to some good music, and I eat some good food. And he says, well, well, what kind of books do you have to read from? And he says, have you got a Bible? He said, that's a good one there. That's a good place. He says, there's others you can read from. And he said, a Bible's a good place to start if you, you know, read from a good book every day. So. I always remembered that he this this man said a bunch of wise stuff and uh, uh, I, I took some of it in and, and uh, I still remember that and that was uh, some 40 years ago or so 45 years ago but the good things tend to stick uh, this morning I'm just going to read a couple of verses from uh, the book of Zephaniah and um, you know like a lot of the uh, the books 
uh, similar to this. It's a, it's kind of a story of impending um, destruction, uh, doom, and then restoration. So um, in the in the first chapter, uh, I think Zephaniah was a great 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 grandson of. Hezekiah, if I remember right, reading that. But it said uh, in the first chapter, 17th verse, it said, I will bring distress upon men, uh, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh is dumb. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by fire of a uh, of his jealousy, for he shall make even uh, speedy riddance of them that dwell in the land. And, and then I'm going to go over to verse th uh, chapter 3, verse 17 again. Uh, it says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with uh, joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful in the solemn assembly, who are thee, and whom the reproach uh, of it was a burden. So, you know, we all walk through, we all walk through dark valleys now at times, and see things that we, yeah, they just don't, they don't lift us up. It brings us down. But for the remnant that follows him, uh, he gathers us back together, and, and he'll encourage us. He will. It's said even that though uh, he's mighty, he will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. Sure. He will rest in his love, and he will joy over thee with seed, with a joyful, joyful sound. So uh, as we walk through this old dark world, um, there's light spots in it, y'all. There's light wow. spots in this world. Sure. And and we can uh, we can go to those places. Uh, our local churches are light spots. Uh, places that you can go to help people. Uh, I know occasionally Lane and I will go to uh, uh, nursing homes and care facilities and visit people we know. And I always go away feeling better. I think I think they do me more good than, than I do them. But there's things that we can do that uh, that gets us out of darkness for a while. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. Uh, we don't have to participate in all of the things that, that we see that, um, that, that causes destruction, causes uh, things in, in, in life that we don't want to have to deal with. But uh, we've got one that will rejoice with us. He'll uplift us. He'll, he will, uh, he'll bring us joy. And... Uh, uh, we've got to remember joy is not necessarily happiness. I mean, we can be happy about certain things, but, but joy is a special level of happiness. And uh, I think if, uh, if we'll just keep, uh, keep our eye on the light and uh, uh, turn off the darkness as much as we possibly can, walk by it instead of through it if we can, go around it. Then, then our life will be brighter, and our days will be happier, and we'll have uh, we'll have that pure joy that uh, only comes from the, the love of God. And uh, if we'll do that, I think our days, our weeks, and our months and years will will be a much uh, more joyful place to walk. Yes.
Has anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our classes? I know we're a little short out here today, but uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just go on and uh, maybe, maybe some more folks will come in here shortly. Not anything else, we'll take our classes at this time. chapter that man has a sin problem and it's built in and he'll have it till he dies. Sure. So uh, I think we can let that part go. We've covered that. But I, I did want to, I think I asked a question at the beginning of the first chapter of Romans. How many times have you heard somebody say, I would never have thought that he would have done that. Well, second chapter starts off with a different question and I, I'll ask it to kind of get us going this morning. How many times have you heard the phrase, what gives you the right to judge me? <laughs> or, who made you a judge? So I want us to spend this morning, I, I guess we, I don't know if we'll knock it out this morning or not, but I want us to, to get into this, this word judge. Judging, being a judge, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll get into some scriptures about warnings about it. Uh, dangers about it, consequences of it, but on the other side, uh, when it's right to judge, who, who can judge? Uh, and the role of the church in judging, okay? So we'll kind of look at both sides of it. But let me get us started by reading uh, just the first six verses, I believe will be fine, in the second chapter of Romans. Now, he starts it off with, therefore, so you've got to look back to what he was saying the chap the previous verses before. This is kind of a continuation. And of course he's talking about the sin problem that man has in the prior chapter. Uh, near the end of or well for the excuse me for about the second half of it, really. But in the second chapter of Book of Romans, Paul says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For where thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doth the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Such things being what was in the prior chapter. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and dost the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, 
not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. So let's stop there a minute, and as I always like to start off, let's get a good definition of what we're talking about. The word judge uh, can be a noun, can be a, a place, person, or thing. It can be a verb, an action word. So let's take it as the noun first. What is a judge? Judge is someone who presides in a court, right? Uh, literally, judge means the Middle Eastern word, Middle English word, one who points out the right. That's the literal definition of the word judge. One who points out the right. Uh, one who makes judgments. I know you're not supposed to use the word in the definition, are you? but I'll do it because that Webster did, so I'll do it. Uh, declares right or wrong. But, but the verb definition, uh, to form an opinion, estimate, or evaluation. Uh, and the one I really like, uh, uh, to declare good or evil. To declare something good or evil is to judge. Okay. Anyone have a better one? I'm all ears. Definition of, to, of judge or to judge. In, in, at Belmont, in their law school, the main floor has an atrium in it. And there's a statue that depicts the judgment of Solomon about whose baby was. And uh, the, I, I feel like that is one of the uh, most uh, important or, or impressive uh, jobs of judging something. And uh, we find out that, you know, that Solomon asked for wisdom to, to judge the people and, and uh, he made mistakes, but uh, he was a, a, as righteous a judge as man could be. Anyone else? Uh, let's, I'd like to go with that definition to declare <coughs> something good or evil. Okay? Let's go with that. You don't have to turn to this, but I want to read a couple of verses out of James, fourth chapter. Uh, James wrote this. He said, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. Brethren, where did I get that? Brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Okay. So we're going to look at, first we'll look at the, the warnings and the dangers to being a judge, okay? Well, first of all, Paul's already made the point, who is the true judge? That would be God. No mistakes. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm sure over the years there's been many mistakes made in a courtroom. 
We're human. People are human. Juries are human. That's why you have the right to appeal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Somebody made a mistake. But God's judgment is perfect. Right. It's perfect. So we don't have to worry about that one. Yeah. Which is God's judgment's the final <coughs> judgment, isn't it? And it'll be all right. It'll be perfect. It'll be just. Good word for judge. Just. Yeah. But let's take this one first. What is the greatest judgment that I cannot make? I know it sounds like a silly question, but think about it a minute. Whether someone else has been saved. Bingo. That's probably the greatest judgment that I cannot make. Whether a person is lost or saved. Now, in saying that, I am 99 point something percent sure that our pastor has been saved. Okay? But you know what? I'm not trading mine with his. Because there's that 0.01% he's got us faked off. And then where would I be? Yeah. I know what I got. I was there. Yeah, I was there. But as far as I know, 100% positive, sure, I'm the only one in the building saved. You know? And I hope you feel the same way. Now, like I say, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got it. But I'm not sure enough to trade with him. And he wouldn't trade with me either. And you, but I hope you wouldn't trade with me. I wouldn't trade with you. Because I can't see your soul in the condition it's in. Right. And you can't either. Now, we're really bad about that during the worship service when the man of God is preaching and we go picking out who's lost and who's saved. Because of the way they look. Now, I, I'll say this. I, I've directed invitation songs. Some people conviction so strong on them, you can pretty much tell they need some help. But I don't know if they need to be saved or whatever. Just get back in, uh, rededicate their yeah, life. Yeah, I, I don't know what the problem is. But uh, you can see conviction that strong sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. It, let's put this one. It's so obvious even the song director can see it. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Somebody's no, blind. We don't have no. Somebody's blind as we are, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Somebody's blind yeah. as we are. Uh, let me ask you this. Why are we unable to judge another person? Why? Why are we unable to do that? Because we're not right all the time. Because we're... we're so First of all, so we cool. can't see their heart. Right. It's we a very personal see, thing. Yeah, we can't see their heart. Just the same thing as if someone saved or lost. <coughs> I can't see their heart. Not only that, I can't know their intentions. I have no way of knowing. Let's you know someone does something. I don't know what their intentions were. I don't know why they felt they needed to do what they did. I can't see inside. I can take a step further. I can't just guess and magically know their motives. Why did they do what they felt like they needed to do? I can't know their heart. I can't know their intentions. I can't know their motives. Because I think back when God 
was picking out David. He said, God, he said, man looks on the outside, but God looks in the heart. I don't have that ability. I cannot judge something as being good and evil because of my judgment, Michael's judgment. Okay? So I'm going to comment on that before we move on. I get started and I ramble. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Look in the fruit basket, little can't. Yeah, we'll get, we're going to get to that basket. Okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're taking the, the dangers of it, and, and then we're going to take what we are allowed to do. Okay. But you're right, Brother Jim. All right. Turn with me, and these are words in red, to Matthew chapter 7. These are Christ's words. Matthew chapter 7. Here's some warnings that Christ made about judging with hypocrisy. Okay? And if you'll allow me, I'm going to translate a couple of words just so it, it makes a little more sense to us all. It really did me. But in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, Christ said, first verse, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Yes. Uh-oh. Well, if I keep that verse in front of my brain, mm -hmm. that'd stop a lot of my forming opinions, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, as we would say, I think I'd cut people more slack. Yeah. But he said this, And why beholdest thou the two before that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not... No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. And why beholdest thou the speck of sawdust that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the two by four that is in thine own eye? So allow me to translate a little bit there, mote and beam. Or wilt thou say to the brother, let me pull out that speck of dust out of your eye, and behold, the two by four is in my own eye, or thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the two by four out of thine own eyes, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the speck of dirt, or speck of dust, out of thy brother's eye. So our, I think I got that right that time. So our first warning about judgment is, is look at ourselves. Yes. Mr. Perfect I am. Yeah. I live closer than you do, so I have a right to declare you good or evil. Yeah. Pretty stout warning there, isn't it? Yeah, pretty stout warning he makes. Y'all getting quiet on me. You on it, brother. Brother Michael, I, uh, in this, I appreciate something that Sister Maggie said, you're walking back referring to the woman down the road here that was out in the middle of the road, you know, just apparently out of her mind or whatever. And uh, Sister Maggie made the comment that um, but by the grace of the Lord that could have been her there. And, and when we see people like that, 
Um, and we, we automatically, our, our Adam man automatically wants to judge what they're, what they're doing. But we don't know what, where they've come from, what they've been through. And, and um, I think about a lot of times, um, I almost feel guilty a lot of times when I think about the family that I came from that, that brought me up in church, taught me right from wrong. I still made mistakes, I still sin. And then I, I look and I see people that didn't have that privilege that I had. We'll still all stand held accountable to God for what we do. But, um, but there's a lot of folks today that, that, that didn't have the privilege that we That's so true. We've had. Uh, Steve, I think about that, uh, where our church is concerned. Mm -hmm. Because I had that one privilege to grow up in a conservative, Bible-believing Baptist church that let me know that I need to be saved and solved. And uh, a lot of people grow up in, in religions that are, are different to us. Mm -hmm. And when I encounter those people, I try to be, I, I just try to think, well, I don't believe that. But now, if I, if I had grown up in it like you did and was taught by your parents mm -hmm. and all that, I, that might be me. Yeah. So we just, we have to, we have to pray. Sure. That God reveals to, to truth. That God reveals truth. Yes. yes. Now let me give you a real world example. Uh, this one's real personal. Uh, I'm the church treasurer. Okay? So I know exactly what everybody puts in the church. If I wasn't real careful there, I'd say, oh, this one loves the Lord more than this one. Couldn't I? Yeah. But I don't know people's circumstances. I don't know what all they're going through. Sure. Some people could be helping a family member that's really struggling. I tell you what, what I what I try, I've always tried my best to do and notice is faithfulness. That I try to notice. I can tell who's faithful in their giving to the church. And that's that's the only thing I pay attention to. I try my best to, to let numbers get away. Not worry about that. But I could easily start picking good and evil out of the deposit slip every week, couldn't I? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, just, just let Adam man get in there just a little bit. Yeah. Adam man's not going to get in there just a little bit. No, he's, he's not. not going to be happy with a little bit. No, he's not. <coughs> he's greedy. Yeah. So, so, so does this just leave us in the dark? Do we have, we have no authority whatsoever? Can we not call anything sin? If you want to take this and run with it all the way to this direction. Read a few verses out of Matthew 7. Back to Matthew 7, down about verse 15. We'll get to Brother Jimmy's comment now. He's talking about false prophets, but, but I think it, it also will expand into a much larger viewpoint. Christ said, Beware of false prophets, prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving, ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Ah, oh, 
I do have a way to discern good and evil. And it's the fruit that's shown. Yeah. Do men gather, gather... I cannot talk this morning, guys. I'm sorry. Do men gather grapes of thorns or thick figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. I cannot judge intentions. I cannot judge motives. But I can look at the fruit and tell if it was good or bad. That I can do. Yes, sir. I, it's almost a humorous story, but it makes the point. I was in a, a, a business meeting or whatever. And I was it's a, uh, before church. I guess it was in a deacon thing. This wasn't even, at, I forgot where it was, but it wasn't at this church. Might have been the, the, the guys talking. But we called a man for our evangelist and... and uh, forgot what it was, he couldn't come. So at the time, one of the men made the comment, I feel really impressed to go see Wakai Brother Joe. Uh, he's the one, we need to go see him, we should have called him to start with. So we went, and he already had a revival that week. So I can judge from that that I'm not sure that impression was from the Lord. <laughs> After the fact, the results, the fruit of it, it wasn't right. Now, what? How can we judge? Well, that's an easy answer. I don't have to. This is the judge right here. Amen. Yeah. If it says it's wrong, it's wrong. It's not my rules. It's His rules. Yeah. If, if I see the fruit that contradicts this book, I can say it's wrong. It's evil. Yeah. Not the intent, not the motive, but the end result. It was evil. I mean, if, if someone goes out and murders someone, you know, the book says that's sin. I can call it sin. But, I, but I, have to, I have to, this book has to be the one that makes the judgment, not Michael. Sure. Yeah. It's more, it's more of a discernment thing. Uh, we can discern from the evidence of what we see if it lines up with the Bible. If it don't, it's not our judgment. It's just, it's just our discerning that, just what you said. This doesn't fit on the pages of this, so it can't be right. And, and it's not us doing it. It's it's the uh, it's the discernment. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the action itself that's wrong. It's not us making it wrong. It's not a, it, you know, it's not us calling it wrong. It's just wrong, or it's right. 
But now, as a church, the church can go one step further in judgment. Yes, it can. With its members. With its members. Yeah. If a member does something that the book says is sin, the church has a right to pass judgment on that. She sure does. And to act upon that if, if worst case scenario need be. Yeah. The church has that right. But that's given into the hands of the church. Yes, the church and, has a hope. And, and you need to do the, the steps. You know, in, in our business meeting, where uh, we ask if, if the church is in peace, where the gospel steps have been taken. And so there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And, but, you know, you go back into Levitical law and the judges um, could pronounce sentence on uh, someone and stone them. But I like to, as Brother Steve preached uh, Wednesday night, um, the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus gives us there the, um, the, the example of how we should deal with that. Um, we should deal with it with the love of Christ. Amen. And, you know, explain to them why what they did wrong. And I imagine they'll come to the church and ask for forgiveness. But if, if we go in there full of man, we'll just push them away. Because the point of any time a church has to pass judgment is to get them back in the pain. That's right. That's, That's exactly more. right. It's a last resort to get them back in. To get them back in. Amen. Yeah. If it's not done that way, it's, it's wrong. Out of order. No, it, it, you're right, Roger. It's totally wrong. Yeah. We're about out of time. Anybody a comment? Question? Thought? I know you've had a bunch of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them all week. <laughs> Good lesson. Right. Sir! Based on the first verses we read, the basic problem with judging others is you are a hypocrite when you do it. Mm -hmm. Because you've got the same problems yeah. they have. I once heard a humorous statement. He goes like this. People are so judgmental, I can tell by just looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get out of jury duty, too. <laughs> the guy comes up and says, you qualify for jury? I am. I can spot a dead person. I can spot a guilty person a mile away. defense attorney will strike you, but I'll say this again. When it's written down in black and white, there's no questioning about it. God's rules. God's judgment. That's the only one that matters anyway. Yeah. Still, Brother Michael, we, you know, we have to individually 
come to a place in our lives at some point that we recognize and accept that authority of the Scripture. Because so, so many uh, points of confusion between that person, her denominations, and all that is, is that acceptance of the truth of the Bible. What, to accept that it is the truth. I, I had a um, conversation with a gentleman in our, our community that's uh, of another religion. And, and so when we talked about the Bible, and he, he's a great guy, but he said, well, <clears throat> he said, we believe the Bible to be a book that contains many great truths. But he wouldn't say the whole book was the truth. <laughs> and so we... So at some point in our life, we have to make that decision. Are we going to accept the truth and the authority of the Bible? And uh, use it as our guide. But someone will say, that's just rules, rules, rules. <laughs> Try driving Donnie on if there's no rules on the traffic. That's right. Try playing a baseball game where there's no rules. It's like, chaos. Like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Run, the, oh, run this way. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't do anything without some rules to, to put a order in. It. That includes man too. Yeah. Anyone else? I'm good. Good list. Appreciate everybody's help this morning.